National Association for the Visual Arts is the peak body protecting and promoting the professional interests of the Australian visual arts. NAVA in Conversation is a series exploring the issues and challenges of working in the sector. We speak with artists, curators and administrators to gain insight into the experiences of contemporary practice and seek to propose ideas for change, progress and resilience in both local and global contexts. and I am sitting here in the Regional Arts Victoria office uh, on the lands of Woonwurrung in the Wurundjeri in Nara, Melbourne with Joe Tui, the Director of Regional Arts Victoria. And it's bright and early on a particular morning but we've just come from spending some really important days in, uh, in, in, in Bendigo um, together for Artland. So, first of all, thanks, Joe, for catching up right after that extraordinary time. Oh, that's okay. Thanks for coming in. And you know, it's a, uh, it's it's always an interesting feeling to be on the other side of an event <laughs> that you've been planning for so long and and um, and and invested so much of your your heart and soul into. So it's a it's a strange feeling that I'm that I'm very slowly coming down from and and. Uh, Moving, it's it's now I think two or three days since the event um, wound up um, it, that we're recording this, and so I've I've moved beyond the the final little burst of energy of of feeling the need to be uh, onto everything every five minutes, every thirty seconds, <laughs> um, and and the stress dreams have have abated as well in the last couple of nights, and I've got some a good night's sleep, so um, ready to move into 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 the um, uh, the the post event. Uh, delivery and realization of, of the of the vision, I guess, of what was started at the event in the next little phase of planning for us. And that's going to be so exciting to reflect on, particularly yeah. because Artlands was an extraordinary time. The ideas, uh, the shows, the exhibitions, the work that was presented, the conversations that mm. artists and arts workers and others got into was so important. But I think what made it so tremendous was um, that framing um, by uh, the director, Ros Abercrombie, working closely with the Jajaburang, not only in terms of those deep relationships, but looking at um, their country plan and drawing on that for the framing of Artlands, the way that that just kept being articulated through every session, so starting from that, um, that grounding welcome and those extraordinary keynotes, um, but then articulated through. So uh, first of all, just yet yeah, thank mm. you to, to you and to Roz and the whole team. Yeah, I think Roz really, in, particularly in, in terms of the, um, the realisation of that vision, um, that is um, a, an extraordinary accomplishment that really rests with ultimately with Roz and her um, her ability as a as a creative producer and, and event director to to make those relationships work. I think was was uh, is going to be the long term legacy of the project because you know you do these projects and you do these events and 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 they're um, they're wonderful things to be part of in the moment, but the, the really impactful things are the relationships that come out of them. And um, a, a mutual friend of, of ours, Esther Jade Lilly, talked about it for its great community arts and to this idea that um, the relationship is the project. And um, what I was able to see with Roz was really one of the, the best relationship managers I've ever worked with. 
Um, she really is. She, she is. And, and, and this understanding, I guess, and, and this ability for me to learn from the way she worked was this, this understanding, I guess, of how important repeat visits are in relationships. And mm. I know that sounds like a strange and silly thing to say, but a relationship is not just an MOU or, or a, a one visit where you say, are you going to come and speak at this event? Great. It's multiple check-in points and um, bringing people along for the journey the whole way. And so even with a number of our keynotes, there's four or five conversations that Roz has with them about how that presentation goes before it gets to that point, which are about making people feel comfortable with, with where it sits in the program, in the broader strategy of the organisations involved, um, but also just making the people involved feel comfortable and, and making sure that they're able to contribute in their own way. And so so many of the keynotes, but in particular the opening one from the Judge Rung was uh, the focus and what Ros was able to do essentially was to give them their own space to present that how they needed to. And that's the, the relationship that's been built there between uh, local artists, the local First Nations groups and practitioners and, and, of course, the city of Greater Bendigo will have an impact for Regional Arts Victoria for so many years after the event because of that work that, that Ros did. And so uh, it's been an extraordinary thing to be able to watch up close. And extraordinary thing to, to watch from afar and be sort of, um, you know, get the updates and get that kind of sense, oh, it's soon, it's next week, it's tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and that welcome. So the, the Jaja Wurrung um, um, led um, that, that great welcome uh, in the park near the bandstand. You know, we were all um, welcomed um, with um, uh, dance and song and voice. Uh, by the women, by the men, uh, by kids, by elders. Um, and then we had that great experience of all walking to Alumbra together. We heard from uh, Annie Faye and Uncle Rodney. We heard from Trent. We heard from Beck. We heard these um, kind of, again, these, these powerful but very um, direct and, and um, uh, yeah, again, that, that word that springs to my mind is, is grounding, you know, mm. these conversations that are about... This is what cultural practice means yeah. to us. I think also the other reflection that I had, I mean, and I was um, backstage and so it felt it was an interesting experience to be, um, I guess, kind of watching that on a monitor and, and a little bit alone or separated because what really struck me when I came out and the most common thing that was that was said to me after the event was just how um, warm it was and, and people felt... Um, you know, we talk about a welcome to country, but people felt welcome in the space. Yes, um, very much. Which, which is, um, I guess, w when you're trying to put an event like that together, when you're putting a conference together, I think, or a festival together, there is the, the very practical experiences where I'm going to go to this panel or this session, I'm going to learn these things. But as much as anything, we put a lot of thought and work into the feeling of coming together, which is what everybody talks about as a, an advantage, it's a little harder to quantify of an event like that, which is being in the same place at the same time, making that a positive and warm experience to be in this together. And so we challenged a lot of the time, and, we, and we've even, after the event, have, have had some conversations within Regional Arts Victoria, but all through the, the planning process, the, the question always comes up, who is this event for? You know, is it for artists? Is it for arts workers? And what um, Ros um, definitely, but I think also Regional Arts Victoria more generally was going for was that if we keep talking about those things as separate and, and putting those boundaries in there, then how are we supposed to have this collective idea of what is possible? And so to say that this, this panel 
um, is not going to be that good for artists. Uh, they might not as get as much out of it as a local government would. It kind of defeats the point when what we're going for is, and what we all strive for, I think, is this idea that artists are involved in, artists in particular who are often excluded from um, positions of power or, or influence over decision makers, why shouldn't they be seeing the same presentation as the local government worker? You know, Why shouldn't they be influencing those outcomes? Because the only way that we're going to get to that point where, they're, where that is being, that is an artist-led or, or a, a sector-led or a community-led outcome is if there is some kind of collective agreement or collective experience as to what that means. And so... That was, a, that was a fairly deliberate thing. I think it worked, of course, when you do something like that, some of it worked and some of it was like, it was a little, um, there were misfires in some of there. But I guess the intent is the important thing and the way that you, um, the way that you then respond to that and build on it is, is collective rather than divided, I think is an important goal for, for Artlands in the post-event stages. I think all of that is, is incredibly important. I'm just, I'm just, um, I'm, ref, I'm, I'm reflecting now on just the, the juxtaposition between two things that you've just said that have just struck mm. me as incredibly important. So first of all, yeah, that sense of like we're all here together. What are we gonna, what are we gonna make possible? What are we gonna make possible that's beyond what we as individuals might have thought was gonna happen before we all gathered together? That strength of that, you know, um, the collective action. You know, what what we can imagine, what we envisage. Um, and, and the fact that that has been, you know, that, that's a set of possibilities that are set into, in, into action by, mm. you know, the framework of Artlands. And then um, that moment where you said you were watching um, those keynotes, that welcome from, from backstage, because of course that was your role at the time. You yes, were right. not just running the thing, but yeah. you, were, you were hosting your MC. Mm. And so you're on that monitor, you know, watching and then... Um, um, having that sense from everyone um, late and all the conversations since that, you know, how warm, how important, special and welcome it was, you know, that sense of welcome. And when we run organisations, there's absolutely that, that balance, that tension between the stuff that we do, you know, sometimes often alone and the stuff that we do together and um, the way that, um, that, that we, you know, our, our ethic, you know, binds those two together. Um, and is a personal drive, but is also something that you know infuses an organisation, which springs to mind for me something that you've often said, yes. uh, which um, has always seemed to me quite wise, but also I think an important thing to keep in the backs of our minds, any of us who run organisations who are in organisations, um, which is that distinction between what the organisation you know achieves or is for, but its ultimate kind of goal. That often you've said to me and to others that the mission of a not-for-profit organisation should be to change the world so that it no longer exists, which strikes me as being about, you know, let's never risk doing institutional things for the sake of the organisation. You know, how can we change the world such that, you know, we look at the research and the drop in things like artists' incomes and career stability. You know, we don't want to be in a world where we're creating organisations for the sake of them mm. and actually creating fewer um, employment or other paid opportunities for artists. Yeah, mm. yeah. And, and, you know, it's a... For me, the... I mean, in a, in a legal sense, an organisation is a separate person, you know. You, yes. you create this separate person <laughs> that can enter contracts and things. And so knowing that from a government's perspe governance perspective has always helped me... Um, 
in the way that I think about organisations, but they are, but they are um, because to that person you attach a set of values and principles and, and, and approaches, but ultimately an organisation is only is as effective as its, um, as its component parts, which are the people that actually make and contribute to that organisation. So it is, um, and, and I think probably sometimes we make the mistake of, of thinking as, of not thinking of, of organisations as tools to achieve a greater end. Um, particularly in that not-for-profit space. And so I, I think that the idea of a not-for-profit seeking to um, deliver itself out of existence is like a hundred-year kind of vision, and it's, and it's something of a rhetorical flourish because, of course, what happens is that organisations um, evolve over time and, and their, their mission and changes should uh, their mission should change. Sorry, with the with the needs of the of the people that it's there to serve or work with, um, and and I guess the the idea behind having a having that as a hundred year goal is it makes you just reflect and consider what is it that my organisation doing that is still relevant and needed, and perhaps is there stuff that we're doing that is 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 less so. So if there's a um, if there's a choice between um, uh, moving into a space or doing something that is frequently required or requested by artists um, or in the, in the case of regional arts Victoria regional communities and audiences if it requires that we move into that space um, if it's required that we move into that space what is it that um, perhaps we need to give up to get there because I think giving stuff up is the thing that um, in my experience organizations find the most difficult you, you become attached to a um, pardon me, you become attached to a program or, or, or an outcome that, uh, or, or a project that is, was the exact right thing to do at the time that it was created. And then it gets these little tweaks over time to the point that um, perhaps the, 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 the need that was there is no longer there. And so, and so how are you able to com feel comfortable about giving that up and making way for either within your organisation doing a new thing or making space for another organisation, artist or individual to do that thing that, that you've been doing better. Doing most of our work where our work's needed most, I guess, is the principle that I, that I, 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 try, to, I try to implement there. So, I mean, and in terms of your comment about how that impacts on artists' wages and salaries, yeah, I'd be really interested to see how, that's, how that breaks down because the, the hope is that you have... Um, that good arts administrators in particular and good arts organisations are able to have a, um, a multiplier effect, not just in terms of the number of artists supported, but the viability of the ones that you're, that you're already working with. Yeah, absolutely. We look at research like the Throsby reports um, over many years and um, uh, the Australia Council's other work and, you know, the latest one that shows that artist incomes decreased, you know, by 4% on the previous study, that the gender pay gap is worse in the arts and in other industries. That's one of the ones that really yeah. shocks me. Um, and then also that sense that, you know, the organisation types that we've developed in the arts and the sophistication have complexified. Like, of course mm. they have, because we want to grow the ecology and for it to be an ecology and not just, say, um, uh, a bunch of organisations, some established and, you know, some otherwise. We want it to be an ecology that means that um, it can thrive on the complexity of the relationships yeah. and sort of interrelationships. 
Um, and so I just, you know, we, we, it, it just, we, we look at the kinds of roles, you know, um, sort of really important roles in, in, in marketing and communications, in, you know, in, in producing, curating, um, lots of different kinds of administration that we have more and more specific titles for because we identify that as being an important thing that's needed. And then different kinds of leadership, administration, um, strategic leadership, artistic leadership. Um, but then, you know, what are the, like, are there actually more paid opportunities for artists? Yeah. And, you know, that's the, I, I'm always, I've become deeply suspicious of solving a problem by creating a position as well. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the time it's, um, it can be frustrating when, um, or creating an organisation in response to a problem all the time. I mean, yeah. that's the, that is the neatest and easiest to understand responses. We're going to create this new organisation that's going to deal, deal with that problem rather than, is there, you know, the, the problem that you're trying to address, is it possible that there are a number of organisations or individuals that are doing parts of it that you just need to bring together um, to, have a, to have a collective response? And so going back to what I was saying earlier about, about Artlands, I guess, is that's um, a, a bit of a, a preoccupation of mine at the moment. Um, so when Nava was talking about updating the code and, and the code of practice, why would Regional Arts Victoria then talk to regional artists about having a, a separate code about re how regional arts practice is in, um, yeah, implemented, why wouldn't we just be adapting that and publicly saying we endorse this code? And when you are, if you are a regional artist that's having um, a trouble with it, your negotiations with an institution or with a commercial body about getting fair rates of pay, um, they can talk to NAVA, of course, and I would always refer them there, but we'll do that with our endorsement too. I don't think that that kind of joint, joint approach to it. So th th there's this idea of, um, uh, of, of that, that I kind of touched on before of, of administrators being particularly, um, like, like anything, the challenge sometimes is just making sure that they're good and effective. And so how are we making sure that the existing things that we have in place are good and effective to solving some of the problems that are raised? And then rather than creating another organisation to deal with um, uh, an existing problem, um, how do we support individuals, administrators, artists and, and community members to address, to address some of those? And in some of those instances, how do we make sure that organisations like mine get out of the way, you know, because that's, that's a problem as well, is that sometimes knowing that time of being, of, of when to just step aside is, is the most important and, and um, uh, critical contribution you can make to the conversation. I think that is one of the big questions because as, you know, as the ecology grows and as the, you know, the sector and then the industry, you know, complexify. Think about the distinction between the ecology being those generative interrelationships mm. and the sector being, um, you know, a group of um, non-profit organisations like mine working together and the industry being, you know, what, what is actually generating value, employment, uh, you know, circulating funds and so on. As all of that complexifies, we've got to make sure that we don't become so stuck in our mindsets that we're then just trying to perpetrate you know, the structure or the organisation yeah. for the sake of it, which is why I really enjoyed your session on governance models and, you know, kind of, like, let's let's really kind of honestly look at, you know, what's great and what works. And what was particularly great about that session was organisations who are going through different challenges yeah, yeah, yeah. and happily talking about it. Yeah. Good on them. I think so. I mean, Castlemaine Art Museum, who, who had some very public challenges um, last year, 
um, were the, the generosity, I think, of, of Craig, who's the acting chair, and Liz, who the, is the current um, treasurer, to come onto that panel and talk about that yeah. in a very public way. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I doff my cap to them um, for that. But <laughs> I likewise doff. Yeah. <laughs> I think that they're... Um, uh, I've had a number of conversations with them after that, um, after everything happened last year. And, and, and I have to say, I, I'm, I'm really impressed and have great confidence in both of them um, to lead that, that organisation through the changes that it needs to go through in, in the next couple of years. And um, the last meeting that we had with them... Um, also had Anne Robertson from the um, Public Galleries Association of Victoria. We had a bit of a joint meeting there because just to make sure that that, um, that relationship is, is strengthened and grows as well because, of course, public, the Public Galleries Association is, is um, uh, critically interested in the maintenance and, and protection of the collection held by, the, by, that, um, by that group, the Castlemaine Art Museum, and... and there are things, you know, like having a professional curator and, 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 and uh, as well as all of the other things that you need to preserve a collection that they're vitally interested in um, and that's um, the ability of the, of the Castle Martin Art Museum going through a phase over the next few months where the, their ability to guarantee a certain level of staff and services is, is going to be kind of mixed, you know, and, and they're very honest about that and they're talking about walking before they can run. Mm. Which means that, of course, you need to bring the Public Galleries Association along for that ride to make sure that they feel comfortable with it. But as much as anything, what, um, what Anne really kind of talks about in, the, in those meetings and the strength of that network is the ability for that museum to draw on the expertise of everyone else in the network and draw on that collective um, peer knowledge and support that is that is um, I certainly find vital in my role, but... But I know um, in your, when you're in a, a regional context, can be even more uh, critical when you often feel like you're you haven't got anyone doing the same thing as you around for uh, quite a distance. Oh, exactly that, that that sense of isolation contrasted with the sense that you are immediately kind of you know on display in scrutiny because those communities are you know tight there's more of an immediacy to everyone's working relationships and the people down the shops and you know the way you need to go about your daily business and yeah. so there's you know kind of an isolation perhaps from professional peer colleagues in a similar role but then people are watching your every move yeah. and what I really admire about how uh, Castlemaine Art Museum have gone about this is I'm actually I'm, I'm, I'm reflecting on a conversation I've had with um, another organisation which um, um, is, has also gone through, you know, some changes um, and, and, and a kind of a cycle, unfortunately, of, um, of staff turnover and leadership turnover. Mm. Um, and uh, one of their board got in touch with me, asked some advice, and I said, look, I'm going to give you some advice. I'm not sure whether you're going to, you know, sort of want to take it up, but I think um, the most practical and kind of powerful thing that you can do at the moment is make a very public show, and I wish I'd connected them up, this is at, at, at the time of this situation, I wish I'd connected them up with the, the Castlemaine guys, yeah. because I said the most important thing you can do is make a very public show of doing an honest and reflective review of your governance, yeah. because unless you can do that, you will not be trusted by the sector to have expert people apply for this leadership position. Yeah. And it's never a welcome thing to hear that advice, mm. and it does mean stepping back from 
your perception of the power that you perceive in your role on a board and what should always be, I think, I hope, more pressing, mm. your perception, your understanding of the values that you're there to protect and uphold and promote. Um, and as you said in a different context, mm. um, when those values are uppermost in your mind in the way that you work, then it's not just that you put the organisation first, but you put you know, the organisation and its mission and its purpose and its artists and its communities first. Absolutely. And, and you know, I think that the, when, you, when you hit trouble as an organisation, and you and I have both been in that, in that position where you, you've been in an organisation and realised that there is, you know, it's not always financial trouble, but there is something that is um, of concern that you're worried about. Um, the, your, in, your immediate reaction can be, the organisation is in trouble, therefore I am in trouble in this leadership position and I'm nervous yes. about what that means <laughs> and I don't want people to um, be angry at me or, or not like me or I need to fix this. The, the problem with that approach is that it's not always going to be within your capacity to fix it and in fact that might need to be something where you need to get help and what every government funding body but every supporter will always value above everything else is honesty from the start. And yes. so the second that you're, the earlier that you're able to have a conversation, and I think that's what Custom Made Art Museum, are, um, some of the relationships they're establishing now are about being able to keep people up to date with where they're at, so that it doesn't come as a shock. Uh, it, it doesn't that the first time people hear about it isn't through a media release or when it when it goes public, and being um, confident enough and having those relationships, which you know all of this comes back to, I guess. Um, and having those relationships, like in Regional Arts Victoria's exam, um, uh, as an example, my the organisation has a relationship with Creative Victoria as a state funding body, but my personal one-on-one relationships with multiple people within Creative Victoria have to be built over a period of time so that if the organisation hits a challenge or if something comes up, that I feel comfortable enough talking to them because I've talked to them when times are good to say... This is, this is happening and this is, this is going to be a challenge and I'm letting you know that this is our plan to work through it. But uh, it's going to be a really tricky little phase. And so that, that, that ability to kind of bring your key um, supporters along for the ride, um, more often than not, of course people will be frustrated if something's gone wrong, but if you can own that mistake, if you've got ideas for a, a solution or a way forward... Um, or and if you don't have either of those things, if you are giving your key supporters the respect that I'm telling you this before the rest of the world knows so that you can continue to support us through this phase, uh, it's just kind of some critical uh, relationship management, I think. And in, in all my experiences and, and, and some that I've had um, recently working with some other organisations, um, that has been un- universally welcomed as a... We accept that you're in a challenge, but we really appreciate that you're telling us now. Um, nothing, nothing worse than, than seeing it, hearing it on the radio or seeing it for the first time in your acquittal, you know? Yeah. And again, the importance of relationships and also, um, you know, when, when those relationships are strong, then um, you're less likely to be in that kind of, you know, back against the wall or isolated um, mindset of thinking, well... Um, I just need to keep doing the same things yeah. that I've done in the past. And I think that's one of the most 
you know, critical things around gatherings like Artlands because you're, you're, you're meeting with so many people who, you know, Artlands, of course, is the national regional arts biennial. Mm. So it only happens every other year and it happens in a different regional town or city in Australia. Mm. And so it's um, for so many of us, we only get to catch up with this particular, you know, changing group of people, like to like a national regional gathering. You yeah. know, it's uh, it's incredible and so rare, and you know, and just and, and just so welcome. Yeah, and so many important conversations, you know, um, organizational conversations, um, feminist conversations, conversations around um, policy and framework, but also about just you know, well, how how do we work in our communities? Yeah. For sure, and the the uh, the strangest thing for me has always been <laughs> that, that, that when I realised the value of the gathering, um, just in and of itself, was the amount of times when I've gone to Artlands in another state and seen Victorians that I haven't seen yeah. for months. You know, it's a, it's a space that we work in that is by definition distributed. There 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 are people who I work with via phone and email and almost exclusively and and the challenge with that um, method of communication is it's incredibly functional you, I, I email somebody because I need something um, or they email me because they need something and so everything that you do is around a task when you're actually seeing somebody in person you you, you don't it, it's not it's not functional exclusively you know it's not about the task it's about the person that you're that you're working with you you're you're responding to body language you're um, having a, a, a your between you are agreeing with something that you've just seen being absolute rubbish or something <laughs> that you've just seen being um, life changing, yeah. and you're bonding over that. And so, from that point on, a, a bit like you know when you deal with challenges that we just talked about before around funding or or supporters, every one of those conversations or any conversation becomes easier when there is a starting point of. Um, of, of, of universal and collective understanding, I think, that you that next function or task-based phone call or email becomes slightly more informal and easier because you've built that relationship with that person. And so I, I still maintain that in even with the creation of so much amazing digital technology and the inevitability that that will eventually get to all corners of our country, the ability to have unstructured informal catch-ups in person and, and the impact of that long term is, is I haven't seen anything yet that makes me think that that's about to be challenged. <laughs> Which is why all of regional Australia and Australia owes Ros Abercrombie and you a huge, huge thank oh, you. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you on behalf of me personally, because I had an extraordinary time. I'm still thinking and, and, and writing about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm so looking forward to just seeing, you know, everything that, it generates all those unexpected things and you know all those conversations um but yeah for the team first of all some some good well-earned rest so <laughs> thanks for chatting with me joe thank you esther and of course as always thank you for your influence and, and conversations in all of that in all of that preparation as well all, all of our informal chats that we've had in person that have influenced as well of all the of the uh, uh, more functional objective things that you and your current and previous roles have, have done to influence that. Ah, oh, these things make us stronger. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Head to our website, visualarts.net.au, for more information on NAVA's advocacy and campaigns for improving the working environment for Australian artists and arts organisations.